From the famous composer Nelly, Circa the Longest Yard, It's getting hot in her, so take off all your clothes. I am getting so hot, I want to take my clothes off. We'll be leaving our clothes on for this episode of Security Today. Welcome to Security Today. This is episode six, season one. I am the security industry's hottest uncle, Uncle Bear, that's B-A-E-R. So follow me right now on Instagram and Twitter at Uncle B-A-E-R underscore. And then follow this podcast on Instagram at Security Today Podcast. If you want to support the podcast through a sponsorship, go ahead and DM me on Instagram and you'll see we're changing things up just a little bit. But if you are nailing it and doing what you should be doing out in the field on a gold level standard, then uh, maybe you'll get a shout out on the show and you can tell all your friends and they'll want your autograph and you'll feel special. Okay, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Notre Dame was a massive fire that caught the attention and mourn of the world. Now, it took 30 minutes to call the fire department from the alert that uh, let the fire security on site know that there was a fire, yet in mere minutes after the alarm, the social media was already pointing their army of cameras at the smoke billowing from the cathedral spire. We'll dig in exactly what happened, what logistics went wrong, and where human error tends to take a place in security. Also, we'll talk about the future of fire alarms. Smoke detectors and alarms are migrating from just the detection of smoke to a combination detector and a multi-criteria detector, and we'll talk about all of it, and then we'll really answer answer the question of where does that leave us as the ushers of this brave new world in fire detection and security? All that and more on this episode right now. Let's talk about a sponsor first, LimkeyLockworks.com, the door experts. South of the Green Bay area, Limkey Lockworks has been in the lock industry for 25 freaking years plus. They work in residential, commercial, the installation of hollow metal doors, smart home, and access control. Look, listen, close. You can check them out online at LimkeyLockworks.com and follow them on Instagram at L-E-M-K-E Lockworks, and then let them know that you heard of them here, and give them a follow, talk to them, let them know what you're into, they'll let you know what you're into, and uh, they're, it's just a really cool dude, and uh, I've known him for a long time, so that uh, really helps. Listen, let's talk a little bit of chit-chat. Armed with rifles and explosive about uh, explosives, about a dozen Shabab fighters destroyed an American surveillance plane as it was taking off, and it ignited an hours-long gunfight earlier in January on a sprawling military base in Kenya that houses United States troops. By the time the Shabab were done, portions of the airfield were burning, three Americans were dead. Many of the local Kenyan forces assigned to the, defend the base were not uh, were caught off guard, and other American troops and support staff were corralled into tents with little protection to wait out the battle. It would require hours to activate one of the wounded to a military hospital in Djibouti, roughly 1,500 miles away. The brazen assault at Manda Bay, a sleepy side bay near, or base near the Somali border on January 5th, was largely overshadowed by the crisis with Iran after killing uh, of 
after the killing of the country's most important general a couple days earlier, we all know that, and is only now drawing close scrutiny from Congress and the Pentagon officials. But the storming of an airfield used by American military so alarmed the Pentagon that it immediately set about 100 troops from the 101st Airborne Division to establish security at the base, and it also used Army Green Berets from Germany, um, shuttled down to Djibouti, the Pentagon's major hub in Africa, in case the entire base was in danger of being taken by the Shabaab, an East African terrorist group affiliated with Al-Qaeda. That's just something that I feel like should be highlighted because we miss things because we're so focused on what the media points their camera gun at, and then there are things that are actually going on that could be affecting a lot, and uh, not that the killing of the general in Iran wasn't, Iran, but... um, I just wanted to highlight it. Okay, let's talk about a product highlight. This is something that I want to do from the episodes now uh, going forward. I just want to make sure that every episode we are touching on uh, the hardware side of it. That's definitely one of the biggest parts of physical security, and I want to be sure that we're highlighting products. So here we go. First product highlight, everybody. Thanks for coming. Um, Honeywell Home 6 Combo Smoke and Heat and CO Detectors. Uh, Residio, the company behind Honeywell Home, Home is a leading global provider of home security and software solutions. They present in more than 150 million homes globally and installations in 15 million homes each year. Honeywell Home 6 is a series uh, and it's a suite of wireless two-way technology that features glass breaks, doors and window monitoring, sounders, wireless keypads, smokes, and the new Honeywell Home 6 Combo, which is the industry's first two-way, professionally monitored, wireless, combination smoke and heat carbon monoxide detector. It's designed to help protect people and property. Using force sensing elements, the 6 Combo provides true multi-threat detection and reacts fast to real danger, while helping to reduce false alarms. A photoelectric chamber senses airborne smoke particles, and while the electrochemical sensor monitors the CO byproduct produced by slow smoldering fires. So, with this 10-year lifespan, it also comes with an audible enunciation um, that's provided by a built-in 85-decibel PZO sounder with a 1-inch voice speaker that supports multi-language alarm feedback. A prominent 360-degree viewable LED shows visual alerts, multicolor LEDs intuitively indicate alarm and CO conditions, and here's the best feature, with the one-go, all-go feature enabled, if one sensor detects smoke, heat, or carbon monoxide and begins to sound, all sensors in the system will sound. This thing is like the beefy, bronzy, hot guy of uh, Honeywell or I'm sorry, of smoke and CO detectors. So get this. Let's just do a little bit of an overview. You get this, right? Slow smoldering fires producing byproduct into the air. It can measure that, see it, and be like, hey, there's a fire. Fire detection is all about getting to the uh, closest to the point of ignition. Getting so close to that, you can really begin to give precious time to save lives. On top of that, If you're on the ground and there's smoke in the house, you can see the LEDs. It's giving a PZO sounder so that it uh, can be heard from wherever it is. And it's got multi-language alarm feedback to let you know what the alarm is. If it's CO, if it's smoke, if it's fire. And the other thing that it does is this one go, all go. So if you're sleeping 2 a.m., house is dead quiet, you're 
three stories away from the basement and you're in your room and the curtains are drawn and you're under your comforter and in the basement a slow smoldering fire begins to take hold, it will sound that sensor and then it will sound the sensors in your bedroom. And this is what it's all about, to give precious time so that now you can maybe even make it to the basement and find the fire well before it's out of control and put it out and save lives. That is awesome. That deserved a product highlight. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, whatever you want to call it. About 10 months ago, a Monday before Easter, when uh, the Notre Dame fire almost destroyed a historical treasure, there were some serious things that went wrong for that fire to get into the situation that it was in. Now, I want to explore those things. So I want to know what went wrong, and I want you to know what went wrong. But first, we have to ask the question, well, what started the fire? But that's still not conclusive, okay? They're still having proceedings. They're still talking about legal issues, insurance, money, all that other stuff. And they don't know how the fire got started. But what we do know and what is much more vital to us in the security field is that what went wrong with the logistics and what went wrong with the human error. The security, um, listen, in the security industry, in, in risk analysis and threat detection and business continuity plans, you always take into account the human error. And what you want to do with your logistics and your policies and um, your operations is you want to streamline them, streamline them to be as efficient as possible so that when that human error does come, because it will, it's not common compounded by the fact that you have these systems in place that are just like uh, mazes of trying to figure out what to do and it allows time to creep in and make the situation much, much worse. So the security employee um, that was monitoring the smoke alarm panel at Notre Dame Cathedral was just three days on the job. And he was taking a second shift because somebody called in. And then there was this little red warning light that flashed on the evening of April 15th and it said, phew which means fire in French. Um, so I read this article from the New York Times. You can find it at the New York Times. It has like visual diagrams, maps, like animated sequences to show you exactly what was happening throughout this fire. And it was very, very thorough. It was very well written. And I would encourage you to go check it out and just uh, take a look at it. But it was about 6.18 uh, in the evening on a Monday, the week before Easter. The Reverend Jean-Pierre Cavier was celebrating Mass before hundreds of worshipers and visitors, and the employee radioed to a church guard who was standing just a few feet from the altar um, that there was a fire, and he needed to go check it. He said, go check for this fire, and then he told him where the fire was. Now, uh, the guard did what he was told. He went, and he found nothing. So he reported back, I don't have, there's no fire. And this began this miscommunication of realizing that um, it took, you know, it took nearly 30 minutes before they did realize that they had made a mistake. The guard had gone to the wrong building and the fire was in the attic of the cathedral. It's this famed lattice work of ancient timbers that they actually coin and know as the forest, and by the time the guard got up like 400 steps of the spiral staircase, he found the attic in a place that he could not control it, and it was already well on its way to doing the destruction that it had done. Um, Instead of calling the fire department immediately, the security guard that was down there uh, called his boss because I'm assuming he was three days onto the job. This was his initial, you know, response, and he couldn't reach him. So it, 
kind of allowed some of that time to even creep in more. 25 minutes after the alarm, this mistake had been deciphered. He told him to leave and go to the Secricity Attic, and uh, not the Secricity Attic, which was the side building of the cathedral, but the main attic of the cathedral. And Notre Dame actually still stands today due solely to enormous risks taken by firefighters in the third and fourth hours of uh, what was going on. Now, you have to, re- you have to understand, to, to the French people, Notre Dame is like more of this like Statue of Liberty kind of like uh, like White House type of vibe to it, but even more so because it's been around since the 1600s when it was built. Um, so it's something that is like connected to their identity as citizens of France. So they took enormous risks to make sure that this thing wasn't destroyed. And um, those risks paid off in this event, but it could have easily costed a lot of lives. Um, the message that scrolled across the monitor it was actually far more complicated than the mere word foo, which is fire. And it really made uh, this, this message, this system, really made the calamity almost inevitable. Fire experts consulted the Times by the Times uh, said that the only thing that surprised me is that the disaster didn't happen sooner, said by Albert Simone, an expert born and trained in France, but now is the head of fire protection engineering at Worcester Polytechnic Institute in Massachusetts. Uh, so this message first gave this like shorthand description of a zone. So the cathedral complex was divided into four zones, and one of the zones read Attic Nave Secricity. Now, that was the zone. It was the attic by itself, the nave, and the secricity. But this new employee read Attic Nave Secricity. Oh, it's in the secricity attic. That's where you need to go, guard. And that's where he sent him. And then what followed that was a long string of letters and numbers, uh, I th- and they, they said it was ZDA-110-3-15-1, and that was a code for one specific smoke detector among almost 160 detectors and manual alarms in the complex. So finally came the important part, which at the last of that little message was aspirating framework which indicates that it was an aspirating detector in the cathedral's attic, which was also known as the framework. So, um, and we'll get into what an aspirating detector is here in a second, but all that sensitive technology and then at the heart of the, syst- the, the, heart of the system had, j- had just been undone by a cascade of oversights, erroneous assumptions built in an overall design, and, and Glenn Corbett, an associate professor of fire science at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York, said, you have a system that is known for its ability to detect very small quantities of smoke, yet the whole outcome of this clumsy human response is that you can spend a lot to detect a fire, but it all goes down the drain when you don't move on it. Now, I want to kind of let this um, pour in this this story about Notre Dame, pour into where just fire protection is going. Obviously here we saw big human error and that's a big thing and you're seeing it in all aspects and all facets of the security industry. Everything from your access control systems to your surveillance systems to your fire detection and your life and safety. You're seeing that it's roping it into like analytics, triggers, um, being able to program certain things in and that's all because that begins to illuminate or illuminate, eliminate the human error of the situation and illuminate 
us into the future being able to detect these things. Look, computers get it wrong. And us as humans like to think, oh man, they get it wrong all the time. I got to reset it or reboot it or unplug it or do this and that. But honestly, they do a better job overall in time than we do as humans. Uh, We will find an error that is much more severe, much more quickly than a computer that's programmed and a lot of thought and attention was put into it. Now the computer still needs us. So AI, if you're out there, don't think that you're going to get a jump on us or anything but um this is just true of all these things so the the human error here really led to this problem and um that may be for another episode to talk about logistics and operations and how important they are and what are some you know methods and stuff like that but right now I want to talk about the future of fire detection so the detection method of Notre Dame was an advanced one actually which uh makes it a little bit more bitter that such a that such poor planning and policy and implementation of the system kind of led to what happened. So ASD is an aspirating smoke detector. It's consisting of a central detection unit which draws air through a network of pipes to detect smoke. The sampling chamber is based on a nephilometer that detects the presence of smoke particles suspended in the air by uh, detecting the light scattered by them in the chamber. So ASDs can typically detect smoke before it's even visible to the naked eye. Now, ASDs are a form of active fire protection. That's AFP, along with smokes, pole stations, sprinklers, and everything else you would most likely think of when you're thinking of a fire uh, a fire system. This is all active fire protection. There is a whole category of passive fire protection, PFP, that we can touch on at a later date that involves like structural prevention measures, design measures that help trap, hold, and detect or direct fire, and uh, we, we can touch on that later. But since the first generation of smoke detectors were released, there's kind of been a number of advancements to both decrease the time of detection while at the same time decrease the activation of the detector when the products of combustion are not present. So false alarms are an issue when it comes to life safety. When you get when you get into fire and berg and alarm and life safety, you will get false alarms. And that's one thing that you have to kind of take into effect and then build plans to make sure that those are reduced and denied and, you know, whittled down to hopefully almost not happening. So the future of where we're going with smoke detection. Smoke detectors and alarms are migrating from just the detection of smoke, obviously, to the combination detectors, the multi-criteria detectors. These are the detectors that we talked about, like the Honeywell 6 combo. You're looking at smoke, you're looking at heat, you're looking at carbon monoxide, you're looking at all these things that come off of a fire that you start detecting for, and if you're able to pull one, then you're able to alarm and you're able to save lives. The future will be with these multi-criteria detections. Products of combustion, such as carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxides, in addition to heat and uh, particulate matter, are all things that we are building these new smokes in the future and right now to kind of find and detect. Sensors will also have the ability to sense or track when a room is occupied or not and have the ability to be integrated with uh, occupant notification and evacuation. 
You see, the development of more advanced algorithms and artificial intelligence, both within the sensor itself and the front-end control unit, will decrease the time from the beginning of an event to the notification of events. So you're not just going to see this, and this is really popular in um, AI and camera work, and we're going to talk about AI this season, but you really see it on that surveillance side that you can build things to start to learn and to know. But that's not stopping there. It's also in fire detection because when you're able to do that, you're able to see if the room has anybody in it. And then if they, if there are people in these rooms, you can have uh, AI begin to pre-program messages and, and lead people in a path that is away from the fire and out of the building. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty stoked to see where fire safety can really like take itself in new heights. And hopefully it jumps on this bandwagon and it really takes off with it. It gets it um, cost affordable and everybody's making money and everybody's saving lives and everybody's lives are being saved. Um, that, that would just be awesome. I can't wait to see it. But within the next decade, you're going to see stuff like video image detection, VID. Um, this will become more mainstream in which through analytics, the image through a camera of either smoke or flame will be able to be isolated and detected from within a room or space. The VID system would also be able to detect if an individual is within the space and through the integration with the notification appliances even provide that path of exit that I was talking about. Now, VID systems have been in, they've been in existence um, for the past 10 years, really, uh, that you can use AI analytics from a camera to know the pixelation of smoke and uh, wait and measure that against you know a database of pixelations of smoke and and cause an alarm, uh, or at least a notification. But you'll see that really begin to take hold, especially with like companies like a Vigilon and other other big camera companies. As soon as they're able to database this, uh, you know, bring it into a perspective and sell it, it, it'll it'll sell like hotcakes. Just just hear me out. Just hear me out. If you're thinking about getting into something, it might be a good idea to just jump on that. But uh, don't have time for that. I'm doing a podcast, talking to your ear, <laughs> making two bucks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the other major thing that I foresee changing is the notification system becoming uh, quote-unquote smart, like your smart house. Using AI to speak and direct victims out of an emergency situation involving fire or carbon monoxide or even even things like radon and stuff like that. Um, the ease of advancement in this field is, is there really to be capitalized on it. Uh, the question is, but will it? How long will that take? I mean, it's not super pressing. I know for a fact, as I've worked in fire alarm, that you go out into some of these places and it is it is ancient stuff. In fact, um, I got a couple of guys on Instagram that'll post, you know, these fire alarm, the fire alarms that are in place that are from, you know, who knows how long ago. I mean, like somewhere in the twentieth century, but who knows? And so, it it hopefully it'll be capitalized on. It'll be seen. It'll start to really be implemented, not just in new construction, but it'll come into a cost range that it can be in a replacement or, uh, you know, adding to type of setting. And I, I just hope that happens. It's not hard to think that a system 
really could visually see fire and trigger the AI. So to use the current surveillance system to find that clear route even, so then using, you know, smart cameras down the hallway or, you know, to the an elevator that isn't burning that's still working or a staircase that goes down to the fifth floor and then leads you over here, you know, something like that. That's not too hard to really imagine in our day and age. Or even for police or a fire chief to be able to log in and direct over a PA system. Um, someone to a window or a door where the rescue team awaits or to find through analytics an unmoving body in a frame. Um, that That is all super possible stuff. And as we come into the future, the next decade, I am stoked to see that stuff because that's just freaking cool. You know, it, it's not only just saving the life, but you're saving the life in like a James Bond fireman kind of way, I feel like. So hopefully that um, really hits the, you know, hits in place. So, you know, keep this in mind. As you move forward, and uh, this keeps, you know, is keeping on our pulse of the industry and looking ahead in this day of the dead of devil, uh, will really help us stay alert to what is about to be in our hands and on the next install. When these things are turning your wheels and, and there's then more to offer the client of what's ahead, it kind of just becomes the now quicker. So it's really a responsibility of, of us pushing that if we see it, you know, those VID systems that are already in place and, and, and things like that, or if you work for a uh, fire integrator or you've worked for a fire manufacturer or a distributor of fire um you know, parts and stuff like that. Uh, it, it really would help us all if we're thinking about that. Fire and safety, we'll talk about that at another time too, but they tend to butt heads, but it is all security. Um, it, to, to secure somebody out of an emergency event like that is definitely worth the talk, it's worth the thought, and it's worth, you know, being in an industry where fire guys and security guys can like kind of fist bump and got each other's back because that is going to begin to blend. We're getting into this day of IT where, you know, IT, the technical side, the software side, the switches and routers are creeping into the access systems, to creeping into the surveillance systems, and hopefully, hopefully creeping into, you know, our fire systems and our life safety systems. And as we get into that place, the physical uh, you know, implementer, the, the technician that is on site, we should be fist bumping. It shouldn't be a button heads type of environment. It should be, you know what, like you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing. And soon enough, I'm going to be doing my thing for your thing and your thing for my thing. So definitely something to think about and uh, keep on your mind. So listen, <laughs> I'm going to say so like 20 times. That's it for security today. This week's shout out. So this is how we're going to do it, right? We have a sponsor, Limkey Locks, who is sponsoring the rest of the season. Thank him when you go to follow him. And then I'm going to have a shout out at the end of every show of somebody who is just killing it in the game. Just quality, gold level, uh, standard type of low voltage nation person. And uh, I'm going to be giving them a shout out. So this week's shout out goes to at Hoosier Sparky on Instagram. That's at H-O-O-S-I-E-R underscore Sparky. Low Voltage Nation ambassador and friend, Steve is one of those quality techs you find once every like couple of thousand technicians. Servicing all of Indiana, he works in low voltage, troubleshooting uh, and servicing everything from fire alarm to cameras. Fire alarm especially, that's some of the content, some of his content is what I was talking about earlier that's somewhere in the 1900s that is still operating a building and we don't know why or how. Um, but go ahead, give him a follow right now at Hoosier Sparky and tell him 
time you heard of him here, just give him some love, follow his content, share his content. He's, you know, a really quality guy. And then just tie some cans to the back of your whip and write in one of those car window pens, I just followed Hoosier Sparky because it probably feels like as good as just getting married to your best friend, you know what I'm saying? Because he's totally cool. So, um, yeah, do that. Finally, I want to give a word about our platform sponsor. So if you don't know this, we migrated to Anchor.fm, and uh, that's going to put us on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. Any podcast platform you got, you type in security today, and then you scroll a little bit because they're all haters, and you'll find us. And then you can follow and subscribe. Please, please, please follow and subscribe. Tell your friends to follow and subscribe. And uh, I'm just going to do this little diddly here as a word for our platform sponsor. Sponsor. So listen up. I hope you are blaring this podcast while your windows are down and you're telling all of your coworkers, your fellow security friends, your mom, your mom's cat about this podcast. And also remember to follow this podcast on Instagram at Security Today Podcast. And then go over and follow me at Uncle B-A-E-R underscore on Twitter and Instagram. And while you're at it, follow at Low Voltage Nation on Instagram. Inquire with them, give them a little DM. Hey man, how can I get involved with the community? What can I do? Uh, this or that, the other, or can you know, you got people you can hook me up with and then after following them type in low voltage nation into your search bar of your podcast platform and subscribe to their podcast this community is not going to build itself so we have to get involved we have to add to it what we can start thinking about how can i be an asset to other guys around me and then um you know do, do whatever you can look all the resources are in my show notes i'm uncle bear and i will see you next week on security today 